Hi, my name is Steve Lewis and welcome to Relevance for Today, where I hope to reach both Christians and unbelievers who are seeking to find their path. I'll also have helpful podcasts about life, relationships, biblical topics, live interviews and special guests, real life situations and more, as well as heart to heart talks that will encourage and strengthen you as you go through life. So sit back, relax and enjoy and please share with others as well as consider subscribing so you will be able to be made aware of new podcasts coming out in the future. Be encouraged, God bless and enjoy. Hi, my name is Steve Lewis and welcome to Relevance for Today. Today I have a good friend with me that I pray will inspire some of you out there who may have went down the wrong path or two in life. I want you to know before we get started that no matter who you are, it's never too late to get back on the right path, no matter what age you are or what you've done. So let's give a big welcome to Steve. Welcome, Steve. Thank you. It's good to have you today, man. It's good to be here. Yes. Yes, it is. So tell us about yourself, starting with your childhood growing up. Well, my father was in the Air Force. Almost. So... I was born in another country, Okinawa, Japan. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And uh, from there, we just moved back to the States. And then we moved back to Germany, over to Germany. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we got stationed up in Loring. Oh, wow. Which is what brought us up here. Mm-hmm. And then... But that leads me to where, how I went down the wrong road and all the things that I've done over the past years and, well, it's not something I'm proud of. Been a roller coaster ride. Yeah, up and down. Yeah, but that's one of the reasons why we have you on the show today is because we want to talk about that because there's millions of people who've walked in your shoes. Their story may be a little bit different, but you know what I'm saying, and they could be listening today, and the whole purpose is for people to hear how you came from point A to point B to point C, straight to Z, and right back to point A again. Right. And right now, you're here with me today, looking good, you're involved in ministry, and you're involved in the Word, you believe in Jesus Christ, so it's all these things that are going to be able to uh, help others. So, growing up, childhood... Ages 5 to 13, what was it like at home? Um, it, was, it wasn't the best. My uh, father was he, was, he was very abusive towards my mother. Mm. And uh, I just don't know what... What or if we will ever talk again? We haven't talked in since 2004. Oh, wow. And I've reached out a few times to him and nothing. So I guess it's just in his the ball's in his court now. But that's actually good. You know, you just brought up a point. You know, you literally just told the audience and me as well that you forgave him. Because if you grew up in an abusive household, and yet you're reaching out to your father now as a grown man at age 38, right? Yeah. Yeah, that shows forgiveness. Because there's some people out there, many people out there, whose fathers beat on the mother, and it's been nothing but hate ever since. Yeah. So I commend you for that. 
Thank you. Yeah, and you're right. The ball is in his court. You did your part. You know, God wants us to forgive, and uh, no matter what it may be, you show that act of forgiveness. That's big, man. Yeah. That's big. So, did your parents stay together, or? Um, they divorced back in 90. Mm-hmm. And um, from there, we moved from up on the base into the town of Limestone, and then from Limestone <clears throat> into Caribou, right there at Lazy Acres Trailer Park. Mm. And from there, we moved over here to Fort, which is, I was in sixth grade when we moved to Fort Fairfield. Oh, okay. And to uh, come to a new place, not knowing how they would react because I have epilepsy as well. Okay. I've had it since I was 10 months old. Yeah. And so I dealt with a lot of, I wouldn't say bullying, but not understanding of it. So from there, I just, uh, I had a corrective surgery back in 2004. Okay to correct it mm -hmm. it worked for eight years and then they came back in 2012 mm. almost eight years to the day I think it was February 20th when I had the seizure when they came back and I had the surgery on February 10th Wow. 2004. 2004. Wow. So. Jeez, man. So, getting back to this, let's hit your uh, your teen years, because we'll be discussing that some more about the well, seizures. Well, when I, uh, we moved over here, I moved, we moved out to Sunrise Terrace at the time. It's morning view now. Mm-hmm. And... Well, to get where I am today, I'd been through a lot of trials and tribulations mm -hmm. from doing drugs to, I didn't start smoking pot till I was 17. Okay. So that's when it started. And then from there, it just spiraled out of control I was started to sell pot mm -hmm. and there after a while it just wasn't enough anymore I uh, it took first time I ever did anything really was I think it was 20. Okay. Um, and then it went from pills to... And I was... I wasn't just doing them. I was selling them. Okay. And a lot conspired in that little amount of time. I met some good people. I met some bad people. I met some really bad people. Right. And that's just what you have to expect in the life... Yeah. No, granted, the money is good, but it's not worth it. Right. 
Yeah, so what made you start smoking marijuana? You said you started when you were 17. Um, it was two days before school let out for the summer, mm-hmm. and I was at a friend's house, and they offered they offered it, and I said, why not? And from there, I just went right into selling it. Mm-hmm. And, well, I knew, I know people. Right. I know a lot of people. So you were smoking it, and then you said uh, that was at age 17. Mm-hmm. And then you switched from marijuana to doing the hard stuff. I mean, what brought that on? It just didn't do it for me anymore. Okay. You know, it's all good and dandy that uh, you take one one day you could be this person and then the next minute you're to total 180 wow it's it's crazy yeah do you find that sometimes you were using the drugs when you were going through problems and it just masked the problem mm-hmm. or made the problem go away for that moment right yeah but it never goes away permanently yeah that's true Sometimes it brings on more problems, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So drug dealing, man, that's crazy, huh? You know, you watch these TV shows and things like that, and it looks like it's all glitz and glamour and Mercedes with with the fancy rims and the gold chains and the necklaces, and then you finally sit down and talk to someone and come to find out it's not what it cracked up to be. No. It does. It looks good. And from a view, a point of view, from yeah. other people's point of views, but to live it, it's just another story altogether. Right. Yeah, so you said, like you said, you've seen the good, the bad, the ugly. Mm. Any close calls? Yeah. Um, after my mom passed away in 2009, mm. I had... Uh, the next year, me and my sister and nephew had moved up to Connor, mm-hmm. and somebody introduced me to bath salts. Oh, man. And for that, I was up 30, 34 days. That's crazy. And that doesn't even seem real. No, it, it wasn't. It was just, it was crazy. And I would, I wasn't eating. And I just, <clears throat> what I went through, I know a lot of other people that done the same thing. Right. And to make it to the point where I was done with it all together mm-hmm. was I ended up losing my son. Oh no. And to uh, the state, well, his mother. So a lot went on. Yeah. Um, I had to take my nephew down to uh, Old Town mm-hmm. for an evaluation that DHS wanted him to have. Mm-hmm. And on my way down there, I got to Mars Hill, and we both fell asleep. On the road? Yeah. While driving? While driving. And 
Next thing I know, I'm waking up and I'm like five feet from a telephone pole. Oh my word. So I corrected that. Mm. God willing. And then not immediately after, what in even two seconds, mm -hmm. I almost drove into the ass end of a trailer truck. Jeez, man. So they finally pulled me over in Holton, right outside of Holton, Littleton, right there. Mm -hmm. And the state trooper pulled me over and he was like, what's going on sir I was like uh, I was I fell asleep behind the wheel and he was like okay and he's like you know it's just as dangerous to drive tired as it is to drive drunk right and I was like yeah I witnessed that myself mm. so from that point mm. I after that, in 2012, mm -hmm. I had lost my Social Security SSI check. Okay, and that's for the uh, epilepsy? Yes. Mm -hmm. And to be able to... I'd been homeless, and at that time I was homeless for yeah. almost two two three years wow and i finally was able to when i lost my check mm -hmm. i had i had no choice but to be sober at that point right and to the point where i was at the end i was living with my nephew's uncle okay in prescott and it's just to be able to look back and realize that I'm here by God's, yes, you know, God's will. And, you know, I've been through a lot. I've, I just don't know how, to, how I made it through it. Right. And for anybody to want that life and think it's all roses and peaches and cream it's not it's right. there yes it's got its points and it's high points right but I, w I wish i could go back and do things differently right go back to being that 17 year old that said no thank you and left instead mm -hmm. of saying yeah why not right and that just snowballed yeah I mean, you, you talked about being homeless. I mean, what do you call that? Couch surfing where you go from yeah. one friend's house to another? How'd that make you feel as a grown man? Oh, not very good. And it's not so much that you, you just got in a rut. Is that what it was like? Yeah. Because you know how it is on the outside looking in, a lot of us will look at a person and say all they gotta do is get up and, and get themselves cleaned up. That's not all that easy. Right. You know, addiction is a sickness. And it's to the point where people are dying. Right. And I lost 
somebody really close that I with I helped raise pretty much. Oh wow! So and good. it's just I almost lost my marriage. Mm. That's in the end. That's why I sobered up to begin with. Is she said me or the drugs and that point it was her right well that's good actually because you might not be here today to do this interview right you know I mean some of the things you described Steve some people have done one third of that and end up dead you know and it's sad to see people's lives go to waste like that you know right helped a lot of different people and things like that and talked to people who've gotten through it and there's some that get on to get addicted to different drugs and they get off and they have successful lives and there's some that just can't can't beat it right and it, it's terrible it, uh, it's heartbreaking so then you uh, started volunteering in ministry too right yeah I had uh, had a, some community service I had to do and mm -hmm. my mom helped me get into Friends Helping Friends to do the community service and nice. then I just uh, after my hours were done I kept coming back and even mm -hmm. had my own route yeah yeah that was a blessing uh, for those that don't know I also run a ministry called Friends Helping Friends we feed folks, we've got a food ministry, food pantry, we deliver food, and uh, trying to be a blessing in the community, and it's been around for 11 years now, but Steve was a part of that for around three years, mm. and uh, he sure did. He came in, he volunteered, helped out, and uh, he told me to my face, he said, once my community service hours are done, I'll be back, and I've heard that line before, so I just said, okay, sounds good. And the next thing I know, here he comes, helping out, volunteering, and uh, a lot of respect for Steve. Did, did great work, and like he said, he's had his own route. He was actually delivering to the shut-ins and the elderly, praying with them, and, and all that good stuff. So such a blessing. And actually, he's back now, helping us again, which is definitely awesome to have you back, man. It really is. Thank you. Yeah. It's so good to be here. Yes. Yes, definitely. So, bath salts. My word, that used to be a that was a bad epidemic. I mean, yes. we're talking uh, people were dying. It seemed like that's uh, settled down a little bit now, and it's a big fentanyl and heroin thing now, isn't yeah, it? Pretty much. Yeah, it's like people just don't care about other people. And it's sad because if they weren't busy trying to poison everybody and pretty much kill them off. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No love for another human. I mean, we're talking parents, children, you know, that's somebody's no. child getting buried because of, because of drugs. Yeah. You know, and some people may look at it like, well, they shouldn't do it in the first place, but it's just a mess. It's a vicious cycle. Yes, but at the same time, these people can't help what they're doing. 
because of the addiction. Right. Right. It's like the alcoholic who you say just stop drinking or stop smoking, for example. It's the easier says, said than done. Exactly. You know, the way our bodies are made, the way some of these drugs are made, and alcohol, some of the food we eat. There's things in the food, there's things in alcohol, there's things in these drugs that trigger our bodies in certain ways. It triggers our brain and next thing you know, we've got to have it. Why am I eating another slice of cheesecake? Why did I eat a whole bag of Doritos? You know, you're sitting back, All right. you, you can't stop. <laughs> no, definitely not. No, but it's one of those things. And But it's nice to see though, like for example, for you, where you took responsibility. Because at the end of the day, you've said to me before, Steve, that it's your own fault. You, you're where you're at. Right. And I think that's a part of stepping out of that hole is admitting, hey, I have a problem. Do you want to uh, share a few things on that as far as um, admitting when you know you have a problem? How well, it helps. I had uh, started to realize I had a problem when I had spent my whole check before I even had it. Wow. One day, one year. It's happened quite a few times that year because I was, I got into crack. Mm. And... Jeez, that's crazy. Crack? Yeah. Up here in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And, uh, you just get to know people. You can get anything anywhere mm. if you know the right people. So you're doing crack? I was, yeah. And then the reason I switched to crack is because I could snort almost, I could snort a whole eight ball and go right to sleep. Now, for those that don't know, an eight ball. You're talking cocaine. Three and a half grams of coke, yes. Three and a half grams of cocaine. Right. So you were doing that much. You were pretty much frying yourself that much, yeah. if I can say that. And uh, to the point where it wasn't even affecting you anymore. No. Man. So it's pretty much, so it's a pattern. Once you start doing one thing, and if it's not hitting it the way you want to. It just escalates into bigger and better, not better, but right. bigger more potent things right so the crack was the next step up then yeah you were smoking that or yeah man, every day if I could so when you come down off your high I'd sleep there's a lot of because when you you do that you're up for mm -hmm. days sometimes wow and then you got to rege regenerate your body. Mm -hmm. So it's to the point where some days you don't even feel like getting out of bed. Right. You know, no money to do anything. Don't want to face life's problems. Exactly. All you just want to do is sleep. And, but I couldn't sleep because at the same time I was pretty much the go-to guy so lack of sleep and uh, like you said you're selling the stuff right Gee. you can't really sleep when you're selling it right and people course, always want it yeah 
selling that poison. Yeah. Like you said, you look back now, and if you could change things, that would be something that you would do. But, you know, the way I see it, you changing somebody's life right now being on here with me. Because someone out there, you know, my prayer is someone out there is going to hear part of just your story. I mean, really, if we sat down and did your full story, we'd be here for about four or five hours. Yeah. probably still wouldn't get all the dirt. But the bottom line is you made it through, and you're standing here sitting here with me today still in one piece yeah i mean of course the drugs have definitely affected you i know you could admit that oh yeah taking its toll on your body and uh you know it's, it's just crazy so what are your plans right now i mean what, what are you up to these days well i'm going through a divorce right now and uh that's it was a mutual thing mm-hmm so in the process of that and just taking it one day at a time right getting involved again mm-hmm. you know we're getting involved with friends helping friends and and getting I out started of the house. coming back to church and yeah that's been awesome so yeah we uh man journey I'm glad you reconnected with me for sure, and uh, it's definitely good to have you on here. So tell me some, you know, if someone said to you, you're standing in front of a million people with a microphone, what would you want to say to help save somebody's life? Drug addiction, thinking about going on drugs, selling it, whatever. What would you say to them right now? Stay in school. Mm-hmm. And don't, no matter how much it looks promising or it looks exciting, mm-hmm. it's not. Right. I had, I lived it firsthand. <clears throat> and it's not really all it's cracked up to be. The money, yes, is good. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, but that doesn't make it right. Right. That's a good way to put it. And of course, just like an addiction, you start getting hungry for that money. Yeah. So then you know you can make, and that's a trap. You know, we've got a trap going on here. I mean, the enemy, you know, I was listening to Andrew Womack the other day. Satan doesn't have, Satan's powerless unless we give him that power. Exactly. So when you open that door up and you start getting hungry for that money, he's got you. And you aren't thinking about the people you're selling drugs to. You're thinking about the money. Yeah. So, you know, you're responsible for other people in a way, even though they're grown or whatever, but they decide to take these drugs that you're selling or that you sold. And in your mind, the last thing you're thinking about is, hey, one of them can die. You're thinking, I want the money. Yeah. And that's another trap that people get in. And that's how... Like you said, we lost someone mutual, mutually lost someone. Yes. You know, and uh, it's sad to see that happen. It really is. And many of you on here right now, I know you're listening to this. You all have a story to tell where you've lost someone. And uh, it's sad. It really is. And sometimes you want to reach out and help them and say, hey, how can I help you? And sometimes the, the... they refuse. Well, I mean, you've probably been in that situation. 
you've probably been in it with me where I've probably said something to you like, hey man, you doing all right? And of course she's gonna say, yeah, everything's fine. And you keep doing your thing. All right. It's a vicious cycle. But it can be broken because you're here right now today. Yeah. You know? Anything else you want the listeners to hear? Now's your chance. No, not really. The bottom line is, like you said, you regret it. Exactly. Um, you do have Jesus Christ in your life. So, of course, forgiveness is there from, from the Lord, which is truly the only forgiveness you really need in right. this world. And uh, asking Jesus Christ to be your Savior and Lord. And a friend of ours um, had said to me one day, he said he was listening to a podcast where the minister said, true forgiveness is as if it had never happened in the first place. And that's when you know when you've really forgiven somebody, when you can look them in the face and not think about what they've done to you. And that's how Jesus Christ looks at us. You right. Know? Which a lot of times people don't realize it, but you're sitting back and you're beating yourself up for something stupid you did. You're listening to the thoughts in your head. And meanwhile, God's already forgotten it. You know, repent of our sins and get on with life and yeah. live for the Lord. And that's important. It's very important. So, folks, we're going to wrap this up. Relevance for today with Steve. It's been good having you. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your heart, man. And uh, I know it was hard bringing up some of the past, but uh, it truly is a blessing to have you on here with the goal that someone will hear this message and make contact with us. Reach out to us. Send us a private message. Um, you can email me at s lewis. That's s l e w i s zero zero three at maine m a i n e dot r r dot com, and uh, put in your subject line Steve interview. If there's any questions you have for Steve, anything you want to say. As long as it's positive, send it our way. If there's people that you know that are drug dealing, on drugs, addicted to drugs, whatever it may be, or so forth, thinking about doing drugs, experimenting, the whole nine yards, uh, play this podcast for them. We just want to reach people. And I know this is one avenue. There's many avenues, but we just want to be one of them. Because in this day and age, everyone has their electronics in their hand. And it's easy to access messages so people can sit in the comfort of their own home or wherever they are and listen to this podcast. So thanks again for joining us. I'm going to go ahead and close in prayer. Heavenly Father, just thank you for this opportunity today to have Steve come out and do this interview today. Lord, as he shared his past, as he shared the stories, the different times he almost died but yet was spared, Lord, only you know the reasons why. But Heavenly Father, we thank you that he's here today. Lord, we ask that we're able to just reach, even if we reach one person, but instead we want to reach thousands. So Lord, we want to reach thousands of people who are going through addictions, who may be selling drugs. Either way, people out there with addictions who don't know a way out, but the way out is through you. Heavenly Father, bless them, protect them, Give them a shock to their system that will show them 
that they need to quit doing what they're doing. Just like it was for Steve, the wake-up call. Lord, we're asking for you to give people a wake-up call at the sound of my voice in the name of Jesus Christ. Bless each and every individual who's listening today. Bless their families. Bless all the families of those who've lost loved ones to addiction. Give them peace. Give them the strength. We ask you also to bless Steve on his new journey. Protect him and keep him safe. And we thank you, as always, for the blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, folks, for listening to us today. God bless you. Take care of yourselves.